The contents of the Simple Blessings in Oil podcast, including the information contained in text or audio or other content, is offered on an informational basis only. No content is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You should always seek the advice and guidance of a qualified medical professional before changing or making any adjustment to any medical or treatment protocol you are currently using. These products have not been evaluated by the FDA and are not intended to treat or prevent disease. In each audio, remedies or oils are recommended. We are not claiming that the product will cure any of these problems or disorders. We are merely reporting that people have used the product to aid these conditions. This is the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Welcome to Simple Blessings and Oils. This is your host, Amanda Phila. I'm a crunchy mom who loves God, my family, essential oils, and simple ways to healthier living. Hi, this is Amanda with Simple Blessings and Oils. Today I'm excited to talk to you more about gut health. This is podcast number seven, and you can find the show notes on simpleblessingsandoilspodcast.com. Being a mom of many, every once in a while, you might catch one of the younger ones in the background. But today, let's talk about gut health. So, Hippocrates said, all disease starts in the gut. This has been something that's been known for centuries. Um, Your gut health is the cornerstone of your health and your immunity. Gut health is like our second brain. It has over 95% of our serotonin receptors in it. Our gut bacteria is 10 to 1 from human cells, meaning we have 10 times more gut bacteria than we do cells in our body. So we're pretty much 90% bacteria. Why is your gut health so important? Well, gut health, our gut bacteria assist in the breakdown of food. It produces essential nutrients and it allows for greater nutrients. nutritional bioavailability without the right balance of nutrient um, nutrients production um, absorption digestion and assimilation is suboptimal in our gut so we're really just not able to properly digest our foods and get the nutrients we want from them all of these things have a very powerful impact on our overall health and vitality Um, it protects our immune system from things like uh, food allergies and intolerances. It's beneficial to our cognitive health, our memory, and our brain health. So our gut actually acts as a front line for our immune system. It contains a microbiome. And I don't know if you've heard of a microbiome. There's a Dr. Oliver Wenke. Um, He talks a lot about our microbiome. And um, our microbiome is a collection of microbes that live in and on the human body, and they're known as our microbiota. Our microbiome refers to the complete set of genes within our microbes. So these microbe genes significantly influence how our body operates, even and even outnumber our human genes, a hundred to one. We each have a unique microbiota and a unique microbiome. Um, fun words to say, I know. This could be an entire class, but I just want to touch briefly on the microbiome. 
The role of the microbiome is central to the body's operation, that it actually acts as an organ in our body, and we don't think of it that way. It impacts our aging, our digestion, our immune system, our mood, and our cognitive function. So about our mood and our cognitive function, there's a doctor, Dr. Kelly Brogan. I highly recommend you check out her book. She is actually a psychiatric doctor or was, <laughs> and then she feels that as though the psychiatric community and her schooling actually lied to her. She spent years of her life diagnosing women and treating them with different uh, depression, postpartum depression, anxiety, whatever, and she would give them said pharmaceuticals for that. When, her, when she herself needed this exact same type of help, she had to... Um, she knew what the outcome was going to be. If you get on these medications, you end up being a lifelong user of them. And she didn't want that. So she actually stumbled in, by the grace of God, she says, into a naturopath office, got help from him, and he helped her clean up her gut. And she realized that all of these um, psychotic issues that are out there actually um, come from our gut. We have an imbalance in our gut. There's such a huge connection, and we'll talk more too about it, between our gut and our brain health. But I highly recommend if you want to learn a little bit more, check out Dr. Kelly Brogan's book, and it's called A Mind of Our Own. So some of the bacteria in the gut actually produces enzymes to aid in digestion, especially the digestion um, of our healthy sugars found in plants. They're called polysaccharides. Uh, They also provide vitamin B, vitamin K, and in short, um, the chain fatty acids. It also influences our metabolic rate, so how our metabolism is digesting things. So this can be another thing that's going to aid in our overall weight management. Um, Having a strong microbiome is the foundation of your immune system. Research also has shown the important role our microbiome has on our mental health. There is a complex relationship between our brain and gut called the gut-brain axis, or also known as GBA. So this goes back to what Dr. Kelly Brogan did research on. And like I said, you can find a lot more information out there on the um, connection between the gut and our brain. The microbiota interacts with our central nervous system to regulate our brain chemistry and mediate stress responses for things like anxiety and memory. We are first exposed to our microbes during birth. A lot of people don't realize this either, that how we are born can affect how our microbiota is in our gut. If we are born vaginally versus C-section, and there's so much research on this that doctors are actually starting to swab mothers' um, vaginas when they're when they have a baby via C-section and put those swabs on the baby because of how great that... Um, those vaginal bacterias that mom has when baby comes through the birth canal, how that affects baby's overall immunity and whatnot. They are also um, they also have noticed a difference even in babies born in a hospital and at home because when you're born at home, you're surrounded by 
like the natural germs in your thing. Whereas if you are born in a hospital, you're generally exposed to whatever's going on in the hospital or those chemicals used in a hospital. Not saying one's better than the other, but they have noticed a difference between both um, atmospheres. So our gut bacteria is absolutely essential for proper digestion. They enable us to eat a diverse diet and allow us to receive a broad range of micro and phytonutrients. So what does this actually mean for mean to have a healthy digestive system and healthy gut health? What are some things that we need to look for primarily to improve this or that to know that something is off? One big thing to watch is your poop. Do you poop after every big meal? If you're only pooping once a day or maybe once every few days, your digestion could use could be a lot healthier than it is. It definitely needs some balance. Other common signs or markers of a lot of damage in our gut is things like um, discomfort, just overall gut discomfort, diarrhea, constipation, bloating, um, having headaches or unusual food cravings, and some people even have some pain. Um, Sometimes these can be responses to stress or specific foods that we're eating. So these are some more obvious signs or triggers to be looking for. But with that being said, it's not always obvious. Um, Bacterial imbalances damage the lining of our um, intestines and other weaknesses in the gut can manifest in ways that might not automatically look to us like gut health. You might not connect it right away. So you might think everything's all great, fine, peachy keen, but your immune system is kind of shot. You keep getting sick all the time. It's not up to par. Or maybe you have trouble concentrating um, on anything or maybe you have mood swings, you feel like, you know, one minute you're fine and happy and the next minute you're ready to, you know, explode. Um, Even emotional upsets. All of these things are also signs that something is off in your gut. For the most part, these, the things that you do to heal your gut are actually a good practice for your overall health, you know, your regular health. So it's not a bad idea for us to just kind of clean it up anyway, because we could all typically used to live a little bit of a healthier lifestyle. So some common reasons our gut health is off is a poor nutrition. What we're eating should be the very first thing that we look at when we're trying to improve our gut health. Things like highly processed foods or chemically treated foods, um, even gluten because it has been changed so much over the year, refined sugars, refined oils, Soy, which honestly, if you start reading labels on food, soy is a big one that's really hard to avoid. Um, Food colorings. This is another big one. We find it in almost every food. This is my little commercial for Aldi. I love Aldi because a lot, a very good majority of their foods are um, food coloring or food dye free. All of these things not only um, can cause inflammation in our body, but they kill our good bacteria and allow the bad bacteria to thrive and kind of overtake that gut. So our ancestors did not eat from a box. If we look back in time, they didn't have refrigeration. They had to figure out ways to preserve what they had in their garden now so that it would last through the winter months. Um, They ate a lot of things that were fresh, so whatever was in season, which is an important thing to remember when we're grocery shopping, is just because we like something doesn't mean that um, 
we should maybe have it at that particular time of the year. So eating things that are fresh and in season. And they had a lot of fermented foods because that was how they preserved them. So getting your hands in, maybe talk to your grandma or somebody older in your community. Somebody had recommended this to me once and I loved that idea. Talk to them. How did they pickle things? What ways did they use back in the day? If they lived on a farm or they didn't even have to live on a farm. You know, people have, or maybe they remember from when their grandparents, um, you know, when they, their parents or whatever, how they did things. So this is a great way to not only have that connection with your grandparents or great grandparents or whatever, but um, it's a great way to start eating healthier and introducing some new foods. And a lot of these things for fermenting is super simple. It's not hugely it's not hugely processed. You can do it with a few ingredients in your kitchen and it's an adjustment. Fermented foods do taste a little bit different, but it is, it's really good for your overall gut health. And this is, it truly is a lost practice, um, but fermented foods are high in our probiotics. So it's a great thing to learn and a great thing to add to your diet. In addition to our food supply, um, a lot it has lost a lot of its nutritional value over the years because of the way it's mass produced. So they try to create more and they spray things more. And so we're losing a lot of the nutritional value. It's estimated we would need to eat three times as much as we did 50 years ago to get the same nutrients today. So just keeping that in mind when you're, when you're getting groceries and things like that. Okay, so stress is another big thing to look at in our modern world, not only stress um, mentally, just because we're busy people and we're going in 800 different directions, but our bodies are stressed as well. We are exposed to a lot more chemicals, heavy metals, environmental toxins, and sometimes our gut just can't compete with all of those stressors. I know um, stress in general is 95% uh, the cause of disease. So just to keep that in mind as well. Um, and another area is modern medicine. We have seen an increase rise on doctors prescribing medications, especially things like antibiotics, and even our synthetic drugs, oral contraceptives, all these you can even find oral contraceptives passed down from your mother if she was a user in your gut health. Or if, she, if she was a user, if she used oral contraceptives, they've actually found it in the babies of people that have used it in their gut biome. And they actually have a thing called a poop test. You can actually take um, your poop and have it tested to see what what areas of your microbiome are off. And people who have very, very bad microbiomes and things are seriously off, they actually have what they call poop transplants. Sounds really, really disgusting, but it is something they're doing because they are such a huge effect on our overall health in our gut. So those are just some fun facts I thought I'd throw in there. Um, anyway, the use of prescriptions and medications all in all can kill a lot of your good bacteria. So limiting our use of those is highly recommended. So what do we do and where do we start? 
To start, we need to watch what we eat clearly, eating real food, cutting out our processed foods, start reading the labels. The raw and the more natural, the better it's going to be for your gut health and your overall health. After that, there are some important steps to take. We know that by improving our gut health, we can improve our immune function, our brain function, reduce our symptoms of anger and sadness and depression, obesity, toxin levels in our body can be reduced, Um, having a reduce in our fatigue, our allergies, and things like IBS and different um, digestive discomforts, which if you have watched TV and seen commercials lately, I feel like every other prescription has to do with our digestion. So we're going to talk about, I think it's 16 different ways or a handful of different ways we can start improving our gut health today. So number one is probiotic-rich foods. So probiotic-rich foods are easy to come by. Sometimes we don't think they are, and they're easy to make. But these are things like kimchi, kumbachi, or kumbacha, kombucha, can't even say it anymore, uh, kefir, sauerkraut, yogurt, um, apple cider vinegar. I don't know if anybody here is a fan of uh, Trim Healthy Mama, <laughs> but I am. And they have a great Good Girl Moonshine and use apple cider ving- vinegar, ginger, and it uh, supports your gut health, but it also is great just to um, keep you energized throughout the day. All of these things have been around since ancient times and are hugely beneficial to our gut health. Another area is prebiotic foods. A lot of times we always think about our probiotics, but nobody even thinks about prebiotic foods. So some foods that are rich in prebiotics, which are just going to give you that um, area for good bacteria to thrive. So if you feed yourself those prebiotic foods, when you take a probiotic or when you're eating those probiotic-rich foods, it is going to help those good bacteria thrive. So some foods to check out are artichokes, asparagus, bananas, garlic, onions, tomatoes, and other whole grains. And if you can soak those grains, it's even better. A third area is a probiotic supplement. It's great to eat probiotic-rich foods, but a lot of times our bodies still need a little added boost in that department. I personally love Life 9 from Young Living. Um, Your probiotics are your good bugs. Even eating the prebiotic foods doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're going to have good health if you have a lack of good bugs. So you're just, you're feeding the good bugs you have when you take a probiotic, but um, increasing the number of probiotics in your diet, like using a supplement, is going to increase those good bugs in your gut. So probiotics are important. You need to find good strains with live bugs. That is key. So if you can find it on a shelf typically in a grocery store, it's probably not one that's going to be hugely beneficial. You want one that needs to be refrigerated. So this is why I love Life 9. It has nine strains of bugs, 17 billion live cultures from nine beneficial bacteria strains, and it improves the colonization 10 times. They work synergistically together. It's a really, really good probiotic. And having a really good probiotic is like armoring your gut. So it is important to invest in it. And honestly, Life9 is not that expensive. But I've looked at a lot of different ones out there. Um, It is shipped to you. And then as soon as you get it, you need to pop it in the fridge. They allow the packaging for shipping. So 
they know there's going to be a little bit of die-off in the shipping process. But like I said, it's one of the best ones I have personally found out there. Um, number four, cut out sugar in processed foods. This one is simple but hard. <laughs> These are simple things to think about, but cutting out processed and sugars in our diet can be difficult. We have talked about diet, but bad bacteria goes into overdrive with things like sugar, um, partial fats found in processed foods, things like chips and fries and pa uh, pastries. So high sugars and fat diet ca can cause a change in our gut bacteria, which actually leads to a loss of cognitive, cognitive flexibility. So it's really important that we start cutting those out if we want to help grow the good bacteria. Uh, number five is enzymes. Without them, there actually wouldn't be life. Life wouldn't exist. They help us not only digest our food, but anything we consume, including medicine and essential oils. We can eat a great diet with wonderful food, but to get the vitamins and minerals from it, we need enzymes. They um, unlock the benefits of what we eat, and they play a major role in our metabolic function. So where do they come from? Well, three places we can produce them in our mouth, you know, when you have that saliva, a.k.a. our digestive enzymes. We can get them from living foods that come out of the ground, and we can get them from our pancreas, our gallbladder, um, their metabolic organs, both of them are, and they're like the bank that kind of stores up those enzymes for us. So we use different enzymes to process different types of foods, having... Um, Having the right enzymes for the right foods is key. We do not need all sources every day. However, the American diet gives us minimal amounts of them. Plus, what we eat, um, if we eat processed, how we cook them, if we use things like a microwave, um, and the heat can destroy. So even cooking them on a stove at the you know higher temperatures or overcooking our food can destroy these raw foods like sauerkraut or raw veggies, um, carrots have more enzymes than any other raw food out there. So you can, if you add them to your smoothies raw, you're going to get those enzymes. They start in the mouth, so here's what we should know. So our amylase is an enzyme. Um, the only one that we are not born with, we get it from uh, breast milk or raw goat milk formula. Um, babies can have allergy issues because they are missing this key enzyme. So if your baby was never breastfed or you were never breastfed and you weren't given goat milk formula, you are going to be missing this particular amylase um, enzyme in your diet. So this is one that we're not born with and that we typically don't get unless we have goat milk formula or if we were breastfed. So this is why another reason that breastfeeding is very important um, and a lot of people don't realize that. Uh, cellulase is another enzyme. It breaks down fiber in plant material. Cellulase um, breaks down things like cellulose. Uh, candida yeast grows on undigested fiber. So the feelings like you have a brick in your stomach after you eat is that feeling that the cellulose in the foods you're eating aren't being broken down. And then we have lactase. Lactase breaks down milk sugar. Lactose. 
Um, raw dairy contains lactase, so you can get this from raw dairy, but a lot of people don't have access to raw dairy, so they actually take the lactase out of the milk, and that is where you get lactose, and if you have somebody who's intolerant to milk, they're usually lactose intolerant because they're not getting the essential, um, or those enzymes in their gut that lactase to break down the lactose. So I actually have a friend who is lactose intolerant um, and she's married to a dairy farmer so she actually can get her milk raw off the farm and she can drink it just fine. But her whole life it actually led to some of her flare-ups in her eczema on her skin because she couldn't properly digest the lactose. But now that she's able to drink raw milk, she has the what she needs, that lactase in her diet. Um, If you can't drink processed milk, usually raw milk works because of this enzyme in it. So essential oil oils are plants, and therefore they are actually a food. So they have the DNA blueprint for hormones, enzymes, and proteins. Digize is not an enzyme, but Digize essential oil blend has the blueprint for it and can help us with digestive discomforts. This is why so many people, um, it's maybe not their favorite smelling oil, but they love this oil because of how it makes them feel. If you are a person who suffers from digestive discomforts and you find a way to solve those discomforts, you definitely love whatever it is that helped you. So essential oils are also in our enzyme supports, making them more bioavailable and effective. So enzyme supplements can help the fermentation of things like gluten, causing the issues, or help refill our depleted banks from normal wear and tear. So those banks are your gallbladder and your pancreas. A good place to start is detoxime. This is an overall enzyme support, which helps us digest and gain nutrients from things that are hard for our body to digest, like nuts, seeds, grains, legumes, and so on. Um, Number six is Digize. It contains the blueprint for your enzymes. This aids with our digestion, and it contains essential oils like tarragon, ginger, which is good for nausea, peppermint, which is a digestive support, juniper, fennel, which stimulates your digestion and prevents inflammation in the body, lemongrass, which digests bad bugs and improves digestion, anise, and patchouli. Two drops under your tongue with each meal can help improve your digestive function. Number seven is Ningja Red. This is one you'll hear me talk about outside of gut health, but it fills in your nutritional gaps. So Ningja Red is grown on the Ningja province in China. It's made from wolfberries, also known as goji berries in India. And it was discovered, Dr. Gary Young discovered that these people had an advanced age and they had great health and found that wolfberries were a part of their daily diet. They contain high mineral content as well as not plugging up our gut, but helping with poor absorption. So this keeps you regular if you take it on a day-to-day basis, and it's going to fill in the areas of your diet that maybe aren't the best. We should still obviously look to improve our diet, but this would be a good thing to put in to improve it. Um, Number eight is Digest and Cleanse. This is a gel cap with oils that actually soothe our bowels and aid in gas and bloating. 
Um, It stimulates our stomach secretions and overall balances the gut health and healthy digestion. So the capsule makes it easier on your gut and because it actually gets to your gut. It's a time-release capsule, so it, it goes through your stomach and all the way down. And once it hits the intestinal tract, it opens up so you don't get any of the oily burp that you would with some other supplements. And it's going to open when it gets to your gut, which is where you need it. Number nine, this sounds really weird, but opening your windows. We spend 90% of our time in general, not everybody, inside and in and our indoor air quality affects our microbiome. So fresh air, natural airflow, light, and eliminating toxins in our environment improve our microbiomes. Number 10 is stress less. The number one cause of disease in our bodies 95% of the time is stress. Stress away oil... Um, is great to add to your daily routine. Dr. Ollie Wenker was one that recommended everybody carry this in their pocket. Things like a massage, prayer, hydrotherapy, all can reduce our stress levels. They say long-term stress can lead to things like GERD, um, IBS, stomach ulcers, and even food allergies. So reducing the stress is going to be hugely beneficial to our overall health and our gut health. Number 11 is laugh. Studies show that laughter can actually improve our gut flora. It reduces our stress, and they always say that laughter is the best medicine. So laugh often. And number 12 is limit the use of things like antibiotics and medicines. Anything that's medicinal can affect our gut flora. So um, it takes months and even years to bring your gut flora back into balance. I know I read a study once that said if you took an antibiotic, whether it was a three-day, um, a 10-day, whatever it was, it took your body seven years to rebuild what that antibiotic can kill off. Now, I'm not saying not to use antibiotics, but really take with a grain of salt if it is something you need or if it's something that maybe you could try something else with first because seven years is a long time to regrow that bacteria and I'm sure you could do certain things to speed that process up but in general seven years is a really long time to wait to have good guts back. Number 13 is exercising regularly. This helps increase the species and diversity in our gut and it can help reverse some of the gut microba changes associated with um Obesity, but it also reduces our stress and impacts, it has an impact on the bugs in our digestive system. Number 14 is getting enough sleep. They recommend we get seven to eight hours of sleep, and that's not always for everybody. Some people actually need more sleep than that, and some people can survive on less. But not getting enough sleep impacts our intestinal microba, which may lead to inflammation. Bugs affect sleep by shifting circadian rhythms and affecting the hormones with regulating our sleep patterns. So sleep is really important. Number 15, don't be a clean freak. Using things like highly toxic cleaners or things that are going to kill everything in sight have actually a worse effect on our digestive and our microbiota. So using things like Thieves Cleaner, baking soda, vinegar, essential oils, lemon juice, castile soap, they are there to clean up the dirt. They're there to clean up the 
the dangerous things, but they don't kill off everything because we need some of those good bacteria that are floating around. And when you use something that's going to clean 99.9% of all germs, it's cleaning some of the good things in our environment as well. And then number 16 is garden. If you have the opportunity to grow some of your own herbs or your vegetables or your fruits, not only is being in that dirt and gardening really good for your microbiome, but it's also good because you know the source that your food is coming from. And so in reference to what hypo- uh, in reference to what Hippocrates said, all disease begins in the gut, but so does your health. So take it seriously. So then they have the four R's. First is removing the things that are hindering our gut health. Then it's going to be repairing that gut and that lining. We're going to start eating some more restorative foods, and then we're going to replace those bad habits with good habits that are going to help our overall gut health. Thank you so much for joining us again. Again, this was podcast number seven, Gut Health with Simple Blessings and Oils. You can find the show notes at www.simpleblessingsandoilspodcast.com. As always, remember to be grateful and have faith. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Simple Blessings and Oils. Visit me at simpleblessingsandoils.com or on Facebook at Simple Blessings and Oils. Simple Blessings and Oils is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network.